Hi, I'm Tiffany Roten, and this is Happy Young Adults, Episode 8, Navigating Relationships. Welcome to Happy Young Adults. I'm Tiffany Roten, owner of Direct Your Life Coaching. I'm a huge fan of young adults, a mother of five, four of which are young adults, a lover of everything outdoors, and a certified life coach. I'm here to give you tools to feel better, to be more confident, to feel less stress in your life, and to help you look to your future with confidence and excitement. Let me help you learn to become a happy young adult. Hi, gang. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Are you as excited for summer as I am? I'm so excited for warmer weather. I live here in the Rocky Mountains and we've had snow and it's usually cold until mid-May and I'm just ready. So I hope you're learning a lot from these podcasts. I hope they're helping in some way. That's my greatest hope. I hope they're helping you feel a little happier in your life. That's really my goal. So today we're going to talk about the roller coaster of relationships and how to navigate through that. Because you're young adults, we're going to really talk specifically about those kind of relationships that pertain to you in your lives. So let's first kind of define what is a relationship. Well, it's really what your thoughts are about another person that it's, that's what makes up the relationship. So if you think about it, you have lots and lots of thoughts about other people, right? And those thoughts kind of make up how you feel about that other person. So let me give you a few examples. So for instance, your mom, Okay. Everybody has thoughts about their mom or their dad, their parents, right? And it kind of, those thoughts are kind of create how you feel about them. If, if these are really loving thoughts, then you're going to feel loving towards your parents, right? But sometimes those aren't, those are kind of hateful. Some of us resent our parents and when we have those kind of thoughts, we're going to feel that way about our parents. We're going to, we're going to be resentful or hateful towards them, right? Same thing goes for friends and roommates, right? Your relationship with them is really kind of based upon the thoughts that you have about them, whether those are good or bad. And so sometimes maybe it's a mix of both, right? Like maybe we have ideas of, you know, that are both positive and negative, but depending on how we feel and, or how we look at and think about those roommates are going to be how we feel about them. Right. So what about romantic relationships, which, you know, kind of come into play usually at this time of life? Yep. It works for that too. So what causes us to fall in love or to date or to like certain people is really the thoughts that we have about them. So think about it. When you first go on a date with someone, you gather lots of information about that person, right? You what what they're like, what they like to do, where they're from, you know, what their interests are. And from those, 
we gather information, right? And though that information, then we formulate into thoughts, you know, and sometimes that, you know, those thoughts are like, wow, she's really awesome. I really like her. Right. What about, um, wow, man, he talks too much, right? (laughs) These are things we gather sometimes on that very first date, or maybe it's like, yay, we, we have the same interests. We like to do the same things. Or I know there's been more than one date, you know, back when I was dating, it was like, hmm, very interesting how that person sees the world. Hmm. Right. And so from those thoughts that we think about the, the other person is kind of where those relationships start and, or don't start, right? Like sometimes those thoughts are like, nah, not interested in going out with them again. I don't have anything in common with them. I don't really like them. Or the thoughts drive us, hey, I want to go out with that person again. I really like them, right? So what happens then when we decide this is someone that we really want to know and or we want to get to know better? What happens when we, as they say it, fall in love? I'm not exactly sure why they say it's falling, but that's for another podcast, another day, right? When we love another person, we have lots and lots of loving thoughts about them. So when I first met my husband, I had some thoughts, right? I was gathering information. Some of my first thoughts about him were things like, dang, he's handsome. Or, wow, he's really nice to me. He's really kind to me. He's a gentleman. Or as I found out about, you know, his plans for the future, I was thinking, yeah, he really has it together. He's going to be successful. Or, you know, for sure, I noticed that he loved to do a lot of the same things that I do. So I was thinking, wow, we have so much in common. Now, see how those thoughts all kind of made me feel because I'm thinking those things. I'm feeling love and attraction to him. And fortunately for me, he had some of those same loving, attractive thoughts about me. And so as we continued to date, those thoughts grew and grew until eventually I decided, wow, I really want to spend my life and eternity with him. Like, this is someone I really want to be with. Now, we've been married for 29 years this year. Do I always have loving thoughts about him? Oh, no way. Not always. Sometimes I have irritated thoughts or I'm mad at him or I'm frustrated about, I have frustrated thoughts about him. And so, yeah, those make me feel irritated and frustrated towards him. And my actions reflect that, right? Like I usually act irritated, frustrated, and he usually can pick up on that pretty well. We've been married a long time. So it seems kind of simple that, you know, our relationships are just the thoughts that we have about another person. Well, then why are relationships so difficult? Why can they be so difficult? And why do we struggle with this? So I'm going to give you a few reasons why I believe we struggle in relationships. And then I'm also going to give you some ideas of how we can improve relationships in our life, right? So the first thing is our expectations. We all have an idea of how we think the other person should act, like how they should do things, how they should treat us. And this causes us to expect certain things from them, right? Well, when they don't do what we think they should do, then we're bugged, then we're irritated, then we're, 
you know, frustrated. Okay. So for example, let's say that you have a roommate who, you know, you meet, you kind of have some expectations of, right? You expect them maybe to, I don't know, clean up their dishes or at least go to bed. Or when they do come into bed, not wake you up, or maybe just to be nice or clean up after themselves. Right. And so we kind of have these ideas in our heads of what we believe they should be. Well, as we know, roommates don't always do those things, right? So then we get kind of like irritated thoughts about them. Like, wow, she never cleans up after herself. She's such a slob. That's what you're thinking about this roommate, which is obviously going to make you feel irritated toward her. And then your actions are going to reflect your irritation. And probably the result of all this is is you're not going to have a great relationship with your roommate. But you always have to remember that it's not your roommate that's making you mad. It's your thoughts and expectations of how she should act and your thoughts that, man, she's a slob. That's what makes you feel mad towards her, right? So how do we change this? Well, we always have to try and look at things differently or or change our perception, our perspective of things, right? So say that you want to feel kindness towards your roommate. You want to you at least like her, right? Well, you can choose to do that. How do we do this? Well, first of all, we have to create kind thoughts about her. Even if she doesn't do her dishes? Yes. We don't base our happiness on what this roommate does or doesn't do or what you think she should do. If you want to feel kindness towards her, knowing that she didn't do her dishes, you could decide, you get to choose to think, well, maybe she had a really busy day or maybe I could just help her. And even if, you know, even if she didn't do the dishes, maybe I could just give her a break and do the dishes. And that would definitely create kindness, right? Um, and then you get to still look at her as a great roommate. And what this does is it helps you feel kindness towards her. Can you see that? Okay. So the second thing that I want to talk about is that we think that what people do is, is what causes us to act the way we act, right? But let me explain how that probably is not always true. So I had a client the other day who was super bugged at her younger brother. She went as far as to say that she hated him and she was considering moving out and she avoided him at all costs. And when I asked her why, she said, well, he just bugs me and he, and he always is trying to irritate me and he's just always annoying me. And so basically I asked her, what you're saying is, is that your brother is the one making you mad, making you feel irritated. He's the one that's going to make you move out, right? So what's wrong with that line of thinking? Well, no one can make us feel anything. No one can force us by gunpoint to feel mad or irritated or frustrated. It's just not possible for for people to force us to do that. So then we have to learn really quickly that it's our choice. So say your younger brother comes up and pours water all over you. Right there is when you get a choice, right? What is it going to be? Okay, We we can be mad at him. We can yell and scream. We can chase him down the hall and beat the crap out of him. I think my kids have done that a fair amount. We can ignore him. 
We can go in our room and shut the door. Um, we can just, we could turn and, and play along with him and laugh and either get water and pour on him right then. Or like my kids like to do, they wait until they're unsuspecting and then they go and dump water on them. Right. So there's, those are just some ideas, but if brother is going to be brother and we really can't change him, then where does that choice lie? Well, you can move out if you want to, but you're always going to have people in your life who are annoying. So do we just leave the house when people get annoying or do we find another job when somebody at work is annoying or do we change dorm rooms because somebody's annoying? Yeah, we could do that. Or we can find a different way to look at it, choose to d- and decide how we're going to react and act around that person, what we're going to think, how we're going to feel. And I'm not saying that we always have to feel great about it. Like sometimes we do want to be mad and that's okay. But just you know, learn to be mad. If you're going to be mad, you know, figure out what that looks like. Um, and then if we're tired of being mad, maybe we'll want to change that. Right. So when someone says to us something that we don't like, we get a choice to think what we want to think. And that's either going to make us retaliate or that's going to make us react in a different way. Right. So the third thing is that we believe that others are what create love for us. But again, is that true? So how does that even work? So what? Someone takes this big, big, huge pot and puts love in it and stirs it up and gives us a spoonful. And then we feel love. And then suddenly, you know, we're feeling loving towards them. Like, really? How could that possibly be? People can't make us feel their love. We feel love because of the thoughts that we are thinking about them. So when some guy brings you flowers, we, we think that we feel love from the flowers, but we actually feel loved because we're thinking, wow, that's so sweet. Or wow, that was so nice of him to do that for me. Wow. He's such a great guy. Those thoughts make us feel love. You see that? So guys, you have to understand the reason we take flowers is not in hopes that the girl is, you know, if I take her flowers, she will love me. No, we don't have those kind of expectations, right? If she likes them or she doesn't like them, it's totally entirely up to her and her thinking about that and not really about you. So we don't give her flowers to try and make her love us. We give her flowers because we love her and that's how we want to be in the relationship. And then she gets to choose. And I would say most, most girls would probably say, wow, that's really sweet. Thank you. And we feel love, but that's because of our thinking. So now you can see how we can create the circumstances where it's likely that the other person might choose loving thoughts but we never can make them feel love. So I have the funniest example. I know this um, couple and this husband, I don't know what his motivations were, but for his wife's birthday, he decided he was going to buy her a Porsche. (laughs) Yeah. Highly unusual. I don't really expect my husband to ever show up with a Porsche, but he did this, had, had the money to do so really loved his wife. And he decided I want to go out and I want to buy her a Porsche. He bought her one of those Cayennes. That's kind of the SUVs anyway. 
And I don't know what he was expecting, but when he parked it and then gave it to his wife for his birthday, she wasn't super excited. And she was like, well, I don't really like Porsches. I'd rather have something bigger. I'd have, I'd rather have something that can fit more people in it. And so, I mean, most of us would think, okay, husband shows up with a Porsche, like wife is going to fall all over him and kiss and (laughs) who knows, right? Isn't that interesting though? She chose, her way of thinking was different. She was like, no, I don't really like Porsches. I don't really want this. And he ended up taking it back. And I'm not judging that situation. I mean, they're them and they do the, they do them. But it's just interesting. Do you see? I'm, I'm sure the husband was thinking, wow, the wife's going to love this. And she didn't. So we can expect people to, you know, feel certain ways when we do certain things, right? So here's another example. So my husband knows that I love this certain drink from this certain place. It's got strawberries and stuff in it. And I love it. Now, he loves me. And so he thinks, I mean, I've asked him, what do you think? He's like, well, I just, I'm just getting you a drink on the way home because I know you love these. So he's having loving thoughts about me because he loves me and he knows what I like. And because we've been married so long, he knows that if he brings me this drink, I usually am going to think thoughts like, wow, I love that drink and thank you so much and sure love you, hun. And I feel happy. So then I get to think, wow, he's a great husband and he does such nice things for me. And you're right. He created an atmosphere when he brought me that drink with the love that he has for me. And then I have loving thoughts towards him and I turn and feel love for him because of the thoughts that I have. So is that pretty clear? Are you all just thoroughly confused? (laughs) I hope not. Relationships really are created by the thoughts that we have about other people. Now, I get a lot of questions from young adults who most of the time it's because they're kind of afraid to get married or they have lots of thoughts about marriage and divorce. And they're like, well, how is it that people who are so madly in love with each other and want to get married and have these lives together suddenly, you know, 10, 20 years, I don't know how many years later, they suddenly are divorcing? Like, how does that work? Why does that happen? So if we know that relationships are created through our loving thoughts, right? Think about this. So when you first get married, when you're first dating, when you're engaged, you know, when you're, you know, the first years of marriage, generally you have really loving thoughts about that other person. Like you are like, Oh my gosh, I love this person. I love everything about them. They're so handsome. You know, I'm so excited to live life with them. You know, all of these different things. We have lots and lots of loving thoughts, but when we get married, we start to see, you know, the real person sometimes. So we don't always see that. And we see the faults and we see irritation and we start to focus on the th- on those things. So then we start to have not loving thoughts like, oh my gosh, he drives me crazy. Or the way he brushes his teeth is so obnoxious. Or I can't stand the way that he deals with money. And so we start focusing on and, and our thoughts start going to all the negativity and all the things we hate about this other person. And if we go down that road too long, How are we going to feel? If we have irritating thoughts about this person, we're going to feel irritated towards them all the time. And so if we want to keep love in our relationships, and and granted, we can't control the other person, but if I want to feel love towards my husband, I have the freedom to do that. I create loving thoughts towards him, about him, that make me feel love towards him. 
And luckily for him, for 29 years, he's felt the same way and he creates loving thoughts about me and we have, together we have a good relationship, but it's again, because of the way that we choose to look at, think about and feel about each other. Does that make sense? So let me give you one more example. I had a client who um, just hated his dad. He told me how much he hated his dad and he told me all the reasons why he hated his dad. And what did his dad had done, you know, in his growing up years and how his dad had divorced his mom and ran off. And this dad was a jerk and this dad was this and that and on and on and on. Now you can see why he obviously hated his dad. All his thoughts about his dad were, were negative, right? And he had really hateful thoughts about him. He also had expectations of how his dad should act. And in, and in his eyes, his dad did not follow his expectations, right? He didn't do what he thought a good dad should do. So he hated him. But the problem with this was, is that he got really stuck in his own story and in his own life. He started telling me the reason he wasn't successful in his life is because how his dad treated him. And the reason he was sad all the time is because of what his dad had said to him. Now, I'm not for one minute saying that it's okay for dad to be a jerk, for dad to say mean things to you, for dad to do certain things, right? Like not at all. All I'm saying is that because he chose to think these things, these hateful thoughts towards his dad, he felt hateful, his actions were hateful, and the result was he really had no relationship with his dad at all. And then he found all the evidence and told me all the evidence of how horrible his dad was. Now, as we looked closer at this, yeah, I pointed out all the negative thoughts that, and then all the bad things that he was thinking about his dad. And I just tried to point out to him that when you are thinking this certain way, you are going to feel hate towards your dad. But he was, he came to me because he was like, it's kind of, it's kind of messing with me. It's wrecking my life and I need to change. And so I was like, all right, well, then we need to look at this differently, right? We need to get out of victim mode. You know, just because dad does certain things, you are not the victim of your dad because when you do that, then you give dad the control, right? You don't have it. So we decided, I asked him, what do you want to do? And he's like, I will really want to take control of my own life, take it by the reins. And I really want to start, you know, just moving forward with my life anyway. So, you know, we talked about, and we learned that we could choose anything we wanted to feel about dad. We could feel compassion if you want. We can try to be understanding. Or I said, if you want to, you can stay, you have the choice to stay mad at dad. That's a choice too. You really get to do whatever you want to do, but it's never going to help you feel better. So where did we go from there? I just asked him, was it possible that, that there was another way to look at dad, look at that situation to feel better. And we decided that he wasn't ready to just be like, wow, I just love my dad. Like it was too big of a jump for him. And so we just went to, I'm going to try and feel neutral about this situation. So in order to feel neutral, we have to create neutral thoughts, right? That's because it always comes from our thinking. And so maybe we could, you know, try and think things like, you know, maybe dad did the best he could at the time like from his past and from what he was dealing with. We don't know what dad was dealing with and why he acted the way he he did, right? Maybe dad didn't really know how to be a dad. Maybe dad had things in his life that made him, caused him to act that way or thoughts that, you know, we know his thoughts were creating that. But we don't have to hate dad. We can 
try and learn to feel neutral towards dad and not get so worked up. Because really the only person that it affects is you. So he decided in the end that he decided what how he wanted to feel was neutral. And he created a thought like, I'm not sure why my dad has chosen to be the way he is. But I choose to understand that there's a reason why he acts the way he does. I just don't know yet. What that did is create a feeling of neutrality towards him and also a little bit of curiosity, like why does a dad act that way? He wasn't really ready to feel love and compassion for his dad yet. And that's okay, right? Okay, so now I'm going to get to, if you want to have good relationships in your life, what are some pointers? Okay, first of all, you got to figure out what your expectations are of that person that you want a good relationship with, right? Ask yourself, why do you expect this person to act this way? And then, you know, of course, we don't get to control how people act. They're going to act how they're going to act. So how do you want to show up in this relationship and who do you want to be? And then we get to allow the other person to be who they are and love them anyway. That's really the definition of unconditional love. Love without conditions, right? Okay. Second thing, learn to love people just as they are and not expect them to act differently. We can't like force people to change. We can't hate them into change. We can't suggest ways in which they change. People change when they want to change, not when we want them to. So our job is not to change people. Our job really is to love them where they are. And when we choose to think loving, non-judgmental thoughts about them, then we will feel love towards them and our actions will be loving towards them. And when people are allowed to change, with us being unconditionally loving towards them, it's more likely they're going to change, right? Never go into a relationship expecting to change. It's not really our job to change them. Our job, our choice is to love them, right? Third thing, get in that person's shoes and walk a little bit along there. Try and imagine what it's like to be in that person's shoes, right? Understand where they're coming from, maybe what they're thinking, how they're feeling, And what this does is it helps us understand why a person acts the way they do, maybe. That's helped me a lot in my life. Get in people's shoes. Try and understand. The fourth thing is decide who you want to be in the relationship. Are you going to be loving? Are you going to be kind? Or are you going to be irritated? Are you going to be mad? Right? Really, it's up up to you. You get to choose whatever you want to. The fifth thing is commit. Commit to being unconditionally loving. What does that mean? Love people no matter what. Don't base your loving feelings upon what they do. It's never helpful. It's never, it never helps to make a good relationship. And and oftentimes it ruins a relationship. People, when they don't feel love from you, they're not going to respond the way you hope they will, right? And the last thing is know that you can feel love in a relationship no matter who it is or what is going on. How do you do that? You create loving thoughts, which allows you to choose love as a, as a feeling. You create compassionate th- thoughts towards people. You create kind thoughts towards people. And then you will feel all of those feelings towards them. And your actions are going to be driven by those feelings. One of the most favorite, favorite things that I love about being a life coach is that I get to see into people's lives and into people's hearts and minds. And I get to see where they're coming from and why oftentimes they act how they do act and what they do, why they do what they do. I just choose to believe that most people are good and they're really trying their best. 
So many of us walk around in our life with lots of pain, inner pain. And I believe that most people act out of that pain, out of insecurity, out of sadness, out of things that have happened in their past, out of trying to prove to people that they're worthy. So I just choose to believe that people are trying their best, even if maybe, (laughs) maybe they don't think so. I just, that's what I get to choose. I choose to love all the people that walk into my office, whether that's personal or Zoom. I don't judge them. I don't try and change them. I don't think that they're dumb for thinking the way they do or doing what they do. I know that behind every person is a life story that is filled with some joy and with some pain. And so my job isn't to judge that. My job is to help them figure themselves out and how they can learn to love themselves. And because I have no expectations for them, I can see them for what they are and appreciate them as they are. And I can see their potential and I don't have any expectations to change them. I always offer ways if they want to, that they can change their lives. But I know that it's their choice really, right? So today, decide how you want to be in the relationships in your life. How do you want to think and feel and act in those relationships? That is really what is in your power. Well, gang, that's all for today. I would love you to go to my podcast and rate it and leave comments below. It's right below. If you scroll down underneath all the podcast titles, it's it's where you can rate it and, and leave a message. But what it does is it helps other people find my podcasts and it allows me to reach more young adults out there in the world and hopefully help them to become happier So I'd love to know what you think. Of course, you can always email me at Tiffany, Tiffany at directyourlifecoaching.com. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. Well, gang, until next time, have a good one. Talk to you soon. Bye. Are you in need of a life coach? Everyone needs someone to talk to, someone who doesn't judge you, someone who is safe and listens to understand. What if that someone was me? If you want to find confidence, a new outlook, a new different way to look at your life, come, please let me help you. I coach one-on-one over video conferencing or I do group coaching. We can work on whatever struggles you are facing in your life right now. Go to directyourlifecoaching.com. But just a warning, you will never be the same again.